Welcome to Objection to the Rule, your Sunday afternoon news hour on Radio Free Brooklyn. My name is Teresa Robinson, and I'm on air today with my co-host, Emily Scott. How's it going, lady? Hello. Today, so yes, we're recording on Saturday, just in case anyone listening, um, that's what's happened. And today was a wild day. Yes, it was. Because um, Biden won the election. <laughs> and we got a black woman in the White House. Yeah, we're super happy about this, guys. Like, let it not let it not be uh, shortened at all. We are static. Yeah, we kept pushing. So we, we usually do record on like Thursday or Friday. And we kept pushing it back, like, because knowing that like we couldn't do record the show this week and be like we don't know who won yet and then like have sunday roll around listen guys we are real journalists out here okay you have to stay on the on the beating pulse to make sure we gave you accurate national news um so we're tired but like you know just a long day of crying and just texting friends and family and like i have never watched so much cnn in my life (laughs) i feel that um, but yeah, just like a wild emotional day, just tears of joy. And also um, celebration in the streets. I kept so seeing much, like all these yes. videos on social media of people just being ecstatic and people really saying that they haven't had this much joy in four years. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I actually have, so my friend Josh in Jersey city sent me a clip of some of the celebratory noise. He was just like hearing around him. <laughs> Do you hear that? Yeah. Yeah, that's like we that's are real awesome. journalists. From Yeah. Yeah. And wow, it's just like awesome. yeah. It was awesome. Like I my area I didn't hear that so directly. I have like a quieter area, but um yeah, no, like I, I the coverage was just like parties everywhere. Um you know, I was a little anxious about like COVID, like you heard like COVID's worse than ever right now. And the yeah. the host, CNN host kept mentioning like every most like 90% of people wearing masks, but still be careful. Um, yeah. But just like unbridled, spontaneous joy for like exactly. the first time in like four plus years, like people were saying they haven't seen like political correspondents were saying they've never seen that sort of outcome of an election in like all their years. Um, absolutely um pretty amazing yeah so we're gonna mix things up on today's episode and since we are women of the hour we Mm -hmm. are going to kick it off with our national news story so emily why don't you uh let it rip girl amazing so yes so the national news story is obviously more about the election so i'm just going to slide in with some more facts for everybody um biden has been declared the winner Uh, um so just like summary of earlier this week tuesday was actual election day that was a wild day um i think any of us who were um like anti-trump pro-biden um, went to bed like on the edge of a panic attack because the numbers were looking like Trump was going to win again. And it felt like, you know, the, the polls had all shown that Biden had like a, you know, way more was way more likely to win. Um, and it felt like almost a repeat of 2016. It was like really bad. Like I called my dad because he always calms me down when I'm anxious about like existential stuff. Listen, I was um, very, very careful to not put the words in the atmosphere. Right. That he like I yeah. was like, I am not gonna say this because when you say things they come to reality. So I was mm-hmm. like, just wait, just wait. 
I mean, good for you, girl. I so I had been really good about not worrying too much leading up to I think when Florida started turning red, because that was, I think, the first big return that Trump had. I started freaking out. I I really did. But um, but we had been warned that what was going to happen, what did happen was going to happen, which was that because of the pandemic, there was like an unprecedented number of early voting and mail in voting. And those votes would be counted after in-person voting on actual election day, which was going to favor Republicans and Trump supporters. And I uh, just didn't have patience. I was just like, it's over. I don't blame you, girl. We're doomed. <laughs> it's, it's stressful. It was, a, it was a stressful week, but I'm just really happy that you know, yeah. we have something better to talk about now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it, it like felt like a miracle, but it was also like, it also feels like an insane like jinx that Trump could win or was like, but it was also like, how could he not win? It was like, we're trapped in this loop because of 2016 where it's like, it felt like we're, we're doomed, right? To like, who yeah. knows if it'll even be just eight years, maybe he'll try and change the rules so he can run again. Like it was like, this is it. This is like the moment. Look, I still have um, PTSD. Like I'm like scared yeah. I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and see Trump like, like I don't know yeah <laughs> like, I like, like barricaded in a white house <laughs> I can't believe it happened I really can't um but like yeah this week has been wild so it was just a lot of counting and then like slowly incrementally you know the numbers started climbing towards Biden and like he was you know inching up in the electoral college and he obviously was winning the popular vote but that we always knew that would be the case um because the electoral college system is like fucked up (laughs) and it gives um small like a small number of people um too much power in this country because the popular vote it like overrules the popular vote but um but yes around noonish today for us which is saturday for everyone listening um biden won pennsylvania and it was announced and um it officially garnered him the required electoral votes to win the presidency um, I personally found out on the phone with my parents, I was calling them about like something else. Um, and my dad was like, Biden just won. And, um, yeah, it was, you know how <laughs> I found out Emily, how <laughs> I read your text. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. Thanks for the good. Emily always brings the good news. I try <laughs> the world is a dark, dark place. Yes. I have severe anxiety. So I try and focus on the positive, but, um, yeah, I, uh, it was so, today was just like a fun, wild day. Um, so some more, f- like, it was fun that Biden, like what put him over the edge was Pennsylvania. Cause he was actually born in Pennsylvania, which is pretty cute. So it's like wow. that, you know, fun little storytelling. Yes. Um, he's had a long career in government service. Um, and he decided to run for president this time around specifically in response to Trump. Cause he didn't run. Um, in 2016, after being vice president for Obama. Um, so Trump has not conceded or reached out. Um, he's been tweeting a lot of stupid shit, totalitarian shit about like, feel, like, you know, I won the election, like saying, quote, legal votes, which is like horrible rhetoric. I, um, Kendi, uh, the anti-racist activist, um, was saying, I th- I'm like, we, we can't, let that rhetoric come to light because it implies that there's like all these illegal votes, which is like, what is not happening um, at all. Um, So it's going to be a weird transition period. Like, you know, a a base part of our democracy is peaceful transitions of power. And like, obviously Trump like is, (laughs) I mean, maybe he'll come around eventually, but like, he's not going to make it easy for anyone. 
Um, just FYI, like according to an NPR article I found um, explaining what happens next. Um, so once every vote is counted and any legal issues are resolved, each state certifies the election results. So most states have to finish this by the end of the month, but it varies by state. So even though um, the election has been called, and that's because Trump does not have the ability to catch up with Biden based on the number of remaining votes to be counted, those votes will still be counted because every vote should be counted. Um that being said, Trump's claim that the election isn't over because it hasn't been certified, which is something he's trying to claim, is essentially meaningless. Um, so if anyone's worried about that, like it's 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 like you know, I can't Gaga. wait till he's I can't wait till he's a baby talk the fucking factor. Like <laughs> yeah. I cannot wait until he is irrelevant and like a figment of our like. Can you even imagine a mind. world like I like I don't even remember what the world was like when I didn't have to worry about like fucking Trump. Like they need to just deactivate his Twitter just on account of like the the foolishness. Yeah. Um, just I deactivate mean, you, his shit. I mean, maybe now that he's not, pre- I guess he's ex-president. So it would still be like the same, like, oh, we can't sound. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we I can know. do whatever we whatever want. We're fucking reasons for his bullying abusive <laughs> language. <laughs> um, so more about the election, obviously. It makes history for so many reasons. Uh, a record-setting number of votes for Biden, more than 74 million votes. Uh, unfortunately, Trump also made hit a record for the second highest number of votes, 70 million plus. Um, that was as of 2.30 p.m. today, Saturday on CNN. Um, those numbers are going to go up as more votes are being counted in states, um, probably for both candidates. Um, still pretty cool. Um, he'll, Biden's going to be the oldest person to ever be sworn in as president because he'll be 78 um kamala harris first not only the first female vice president um but say the her first name say her kamala name. harris ladies all over the world Ooh. let's celebrate this day yo it honestly hit me i think yesterday when it started to look more likely that biden was gonna win that like we had all been so anxious on just like getting trump out that it was like under the radar and most of like my thought processes at least that like oh my god like also <laughs> female vp like it just like it felt like like almost just like a you know a dream like the you know yeah i felt like, like they kind of played it down um yeah Biden camp and and rightfully so right because right. as as much as this was a wonderful moment for some of us out here for many it was not you know and i think that they realized that when he made his selection like you know this is so controversial for many reasons mm-hmm. but also the fact that you know pushing that kind of took energy right. away from what we really needed to focus on right which was getting the orange man out so i'm really happy that we can celebrate this day like she walked out on that stage in that Yo, white suit you know the, the suffragette color um yes. right because that we were recording right after the the address the biden kamala kamala harris address um to the nation yeah um uh, yeah, no. And I think I think you're absolutely right. I think it was such like a, you know, radical, it shouldn't be radical, but a radical exactly. move for Biden to pick her. And then they were just like now like down to brass tacks. Like they were they really were trying not to make it about um rhetoric politics in that way. Like they're really trying to focus on policies and um how they affect people and not just like for show. Yeah. Um, which I think is everyone really appreciates <laughs> you know yeah, that was a very wise strategy I mean I wanted yeah. to see more of her on the campaign trail but mm-hmm. I do understand that you know sometimes we have to make these decisions that don't necessarily work 
um, for, for us in the beginning, but they're wise. You know, I think Mm -hmm. the politics of America is fucking shady, you know, and it's, and it's not something that we can, um, we can only stand behind the ideals of democracy until we can actually see it being done. There's been moments mm-hmm. in history where we feel like we're living in the fucking matrix and there's moments mm-hmm. in history like this when we have some hope that, you know, humans and our, our just basic humanity are really at the mm-hmm. forefront of what people want, you know, right. And the well that not all that. is lost. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm really happy yeah. that our hopeful, our hopeful uh, broadcasting over this last yeah. year, uh, resulted in something really positive. Let me tell you, I don't know what I would have said if it was the other way around. I don't know. I, <laughs> I honestly, I, I reliving 2016 would have, might've killed me. My poor heart on Tuesday night alone was like, was bad. My anxiety this week, I really tried to keep it level and it was not level at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, uh, but more back to the story, um, the facts, I guess. Um, she's not only the first female vice president, but Kamala is the first woman of color to hold the office, too. And also within that, she's the first black vice president and the first South Asian vice president, um, breaking so many barriers. Um, and also this makes it the second uh, history making ticket Biden has been on because he was Barack Obama, the first black president's um, vice president himself. So. That's pretty cool. Um, He's the first president from Delaware. Um, Jill Biden will be the first first lady to keep her full-time job. According to Marie Claire, she intends to continue being an English professor, which is very cool. Don't you just love having a fucking educator in the White House? And that was a big part of the speech that I latched on to. Yes. Yeah, because after everything with Betsy DeVos, all that shady crap, yeah, things no, it's matter, like, you know, the things. That right. Matter. And the education system in this country, like, needs a real overhaul, you know, and hopefully, I mean, especially now, especially now in this yes. age. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, but also, OK, the last cute one, um, history making uh, the Biden's German Shepherd, who's named Major, will be the first rescue dog in the White House. Oh, according to People magazine. <laughs> yeah. How cute is that? And they, I think they have two. They have two dogs and one's a. Um, well, the um, apple doesn't fall far from the trees. Let's I say that. Know. I love having dogs. Um, so, okay. And so another outcome of the election. So Biden winning huge. Awesome. Um, the, what kind of determines how much he's able to get done of his policy is how Congress looks. Um, right now it looks like the Democrats are going to keep control of the house of representatives, but they're actually losing a few seats. Um, which is interesting and makes, you know, everyone was hoping for like a blue wave and like, you know, like a big fuck you for all, you know, passing all these bullshit with the Supreme court and the, you know, the impeachment, but, um, what it looks, what it kind of looks like by them losing a couple seats is that, you know, it's a, the election was more about hating Trump and less about like disliking the policies the Republicans are trying to put forth. So it'll be interesting seeing what happens, but it does look like they'll retain control, when it gets really exciting, though, is when we look at the Senate, because right now it is totally evenly split, 48-48 between Republicans and Democrats. Um, and there will be not one but two runoff elections in Georgia that will probably decide who has control of the Senate. Um, so uh, neither of Georgia's Senate races have a clear winner. 
Um, the remaining two seats are in states that uh, haven't been called yet, but are expected to go Republican, according to the New York Times. Um, so, you know, that'll be 49, 49, or I guess it'll be, what, it'll be like 48, 50 uh, at that point. So then Democrats need both of those <laughs> Georgia seats. So according to Georgia Ooh. state law, I know it's a lot of pressure. According to Georgia state law, if no candidate gets a simple majority, uh, which is to say at least 50% of the vote in November, there's a runoff election in January between the top two um, vote getters in the first election. Um, So as we've seen in the last two years, control of the Senate is very powerful. Um, So it's going to be a wild few months in Georgia. Um, I think you will not believe the amount of money that you're about to see getting spent on election, the elections down there. Um, Organizers are like literally gearing up to go down there tomorrow to start registering people to vote. Um, There's a lot of calls for, Anyone who's turning 18 between now and the registration deadline, um, which might be December, um, to, like, get registered, get ready to vote. Um, Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And, um, right, and if you're doing the math, um, if if the Democrats can pull it off and win both. And also, I mean, we're going to – Jasmine has a little message for us um, about this. But Georgia has swung blue. (laughs) Yo, that that was crazy. wild. Like, watching that, yeah. Um, like the history of Georgia and just you know, um, yeah. I've never personally lived there. Obviously, being a black person, it's like a dream to one day like <laughs> live in like the the black mecca of of this side of the United mm-hmm. States because I know there's many of them. But um, I definitely know that there was a lot of grassroots uh, work going on down there, and just um, yeah, I'm not gonna take it from Jasmine's, but I do. I just want to shout out Georgia. Yeah, um, wild for coming through like that because that's that's a big state with a crazy history. Um, incredible, and yeah, yeah. Seeing this change is awesome. Yeah, it, it's going to be incredible. So, um, there's going to be a recount in Georgia because the margin of votes it between Biden, so Biden's ahead right now, but the margin's like small enough that, um, yeah. like they're they're legally able to request a recount. So that'll probably happen. Um, but you know, it might still stay in Biden's favor. I think it's still like. I think the margin's still in the thousands, so it's unlikely yeah. that it's like that many have been miscounted. Um, but yeah, it's pretty exciting. And of course, I think they're still finishing their actual count too, um, their first count. But um, but yeah, so if the Democrats can pull it off, which you know, who anything's possible right now with all that grassroots work happening. Um, so that would make it a tie in the Senate, and the vice president is the tiebreaker. So that would be huge for the Democrats. Um, yes, what, and what, what a shift. I know. I've been talking my butt off. Um, we, yeah, that was just amazing. I think, I think it's, I think we have to go to a music break. Um, but you know, if, if you people, if anyone hasn't watched the, the acceptance speech from Biden and Kamala, I recommend you do. They were eloquent and, you know, very much about uniting the country, but fighting for, you know, stopping climate change and COVID and, you know, one thing one thing that stood out in in that speech to me mm-hmm. was how Joe Joe, sorry, <laughs> Mr. President, <laughs> let elect. me go back to saying President that again, elect, right, yeah. Mr. President elect. Let me go back to saying that, like we have to restore decorum. I in this know. Um, one thing that he did say, and I really hope that you know it comes to pass. I'm gonna hold him to it. I'm gonna do my best. Is that he actually acknowledged um, the the role of African Americans mm-hmm. in this election and the role of Black women yes. for yes. holding down politics for change over the centuries of time. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated hearing that, you know, um, as a, as a organizer and just all around a person that's pushing a forward agenda for black people and black lives. 
I just thought that, you know, I don't, I, can, I don't remember ever hearing mm-hmm. no. a president really do that in my lifetime mm-hmm. um, to address us in that way. So it was awesome. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to Mr. President elect. Yeah. It was <laughs> awesome. It was awesome. Um, but it is absolutely time for us to start transitioning to our first musical break. Um, so our wonderful co-host Jasmine couldn't record with us this week, but she um, recorded a little bit of herself talking about how things went in Georgia. And then she is going to intro our first musical break. So here is Jasmine. Hello, everybody. This is Jasmine. And as you could hear, I wasn't there to be a part of the discussion with Emily, Teresa earlier today, but I wanted to just drop in a little note for this week's episode concerning the state of Georgia. So a lot of people were waiting around to see like what would happen with Georgia flip blue in this year's presidential election. And it actually did for the first time since um, Bill Clinton was elected in 1992. The state of Georgia, most of the people who voted, voted for Joe Biden. And, you know, if you've been a longtime listener of the show or maybe not even that long time of a listener, you know, I'm not the most gung ho about electoral politics or anything like that. But I did want to say a congratulations to a lot of the people that were doing groundwork like grassroots organizing to try to combat the voter suppression that has kept the votes down, especially amongst black Georgians for so long, and also more broadly across the South. You know, a lot of left-leaning people that don't have roots in the Southern states, and especially a lot of them who are not black, they tend to make a lot of very dismissive comments about quote-unquote red states. But as we can see, You know, there's more than 50% of the black people in the U.S. live in the South, and there's tons of people. I mean, I know Stacey Abrams is one of the most well-known right now, but there's many, many, many black activists that are working tirelessly around the clock every day of the year, and not just during an election year, to try to build power within their own communities. So this is just the beginning for a lot of people and for many of them it's not even the beginning they've been in this fight but i just wanted to say a word to acknowledge that work and in the spirit of celebrating georgia here is a song by everybody's favorite georgians outcast it's atlians thank you and enjoy the week bye Locked up in prison. I'll throw your hands in the air and wave them like they just don't care. 
Cause the future of the world depends on If or if not the child we raise gon' have that nigga syndrome I will it know to beat the odds regardless of his skin tone I will it feel that if they tune it it just might get picked on I will it give a fuck about what others say and get gone The alienators cause we different keep your hand to the sky Like sounds of blackness when I practice what I preach and don't lie I be the baker and the maker of the beast of my pie Now break a break a tenfold can I get some reply Now everybody say Now throw your hands in the air And wave them like you just don't care And if you like fish and grits and all that pimp shit, everybody let me hear you say, oh yeah, girl. Now throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. And if you like fish and grits and all that pimp shit, everybody let me hear you say, oh yeah, girl. Every day I sit while my nigga be in school Thinking about the second album at the dungeon Shooting pool like ES to the PN Cause we just to the B in the zone Honey, I'm home, but I'm not married Carried a lot of problems around, being frustrated And now I'm sitting at the end of the month I just made it like you made the B team And like your daddy's wife, you're making a call You heard the AT alien, so back the hell up off Softly as if I play piano in the dark Found a way to channel my anger not to involve The world's a stage and everybody got to play their part God works in mysterious ways So when he starts the job But speaking through us, we be so sincere with this here. No drugs or alcohol, so I can get the signal clear as day. Put my block away, I got a stronger weapon that never runs out of ammunition, so I'm ready for war. Okay. Now throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. And if they like fish and grits and all that pimp shit, everybody let me hear you say, oh yeah, girl. Now throw your hands in the air and wave them like you just don't care. And if they like fish and grits and all that pimp shit, everybody let me hear you say, oh yeah, girl. Welcome back to Objection to the Rule, your Sunday afternoon news hour on Radio Free Brooklyn. So I'm going to toss it over to Emily. She has an update or an on-air read for you. Yeah, I do for um, for the station. So um, uh, City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours as a way to discover the history of New York neighborhoods while on a run, which is pretty fun. Um, you can choose from 23 different tours of neighborhoods in Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, and the Bronx. They're offered seven days a week. Uh, you can visit cityrunningtours.com slash New York City to see the schedule and book a tour. Um, the tours are designed with locals in mind. So if you're in New York City and you run for fun or exercise, it's a cool way to sort of like add some like fun education to that. Like get Learn some information while you're running. Um, I'm pretty nerdy. So that sounds really fun to me. Um It takes uh, New York City takes pride in its diversity and character of its neighborhoods. And um, yeah, the the neighborhoods include the East Village, the Upper West Side, Bushwick, Long Island City and Roosevelt Island. So one more time, if you want to see more information, a list of neighborhoods and the tour schedule, check out cityrunningtours.com slash New York City. www. And uh, back to you, Teresa. All right. Yeah. So I'm on the local news segment for this week. Um, Information for the story was drawn from the New York Times. So um, this story is about the NYPD anti-harassment officer who this week was accused of racist rants. An online chat board called The Rants has been the place where New York City police officers have gone in secret to complain about their jobs for the past 20 years. A recent post by a user 
who calls himself Clouseau, has been especially disturbing this week. Um, between the summer of 2019 and earlier this fall, Clouseau posted hundreds of messages on the rant, which attacked Black people, Puerto Ricans, Hasidic Jews, and many other um, people across the nation. Uh, in this story, I did see that he had uh, also referred to President Obama as a savage Muslim once before and had made many other derogatory comments um, about people underneath this uh, veil, Clouseau, the name of Clouseau. So now the city investigators say that they have amassed evidence that he is a high-ranking police official. And not just any high-ranking police official, the one assigned to the office responsible for combating, combating workplace harassment in the police department, um, which is really unnerving. Um, the inquiry was conducted by the city council's oversight and investigations division, which put together the findings in a 13-page draft report that had been obtained by the New York Times. The division is overseen by newly elected House of Representative member Richie Torres. The police official is a deputy inspector and his name is James Coble. Um, and he admittedly denied that he had written the racist messages. The posts have been taken down since the council began its inquiry and the profile has been deleted. So according to the report, Coble served in several senior positions on the force during his nearly 30 year career. And before his removal, he oversaw the unit responsible for, quote, the prevention and investigation of employment and harassment claims. So accusations against a senior officer um, in such a sensitive role come after a summer of many protests, um, a lot of talk about defunding uh, the NYPD and uh, just a lot of talk about violence and rage with police brutality across this country. Inspector Cobell denied the allegations to the superior, but on Thursday he was relieved of his command and uh, placed on a modified assi assignment. So yeah, that's the story, folks. Um, I think that one thing about this story that is you know, kind of weird and awkward to me to report on is that, you know, this is where police officers go to voice their opinions or talk about their issues. Um, and I do believe that everybody is, you know, should be afforded free speech about what they're saying. But if someone who is of this nature, having these sort of racist, coveted statements being made um, to hold such an important role, you know, in New York City, um, Polit not politics, but um, in the justice system here, it's unnerving. You know, uh, many people get into these positions and we don't really know their whole background. We don't know, you know, how they feel about it and we shouldn't have to. But when it comes out like this in a way that makes us feel even more uncomfortable about these people being in control, it just really makes you wonder, you know, who's really making these decisions and, and how effective are they in doing this work? Yeah, yeah. That's like such a wild story. And I guess, you know, um, I, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, he wasn't openly talking about these things, but he, he did feel the need to talk about them like under in disguise, right? Like it wasn't like, yeah. he just felt this way. It was like, he, it's like this other level. It's like of being between openly believing something and like secretly believing something, you exactly. know, that it's, it's a very like weird sociopathic I don't know if that's the right word but it's like creepy and and gross that like you know it wasn't even like he could keep it to himself yeah but he he knew he wasn't allowed to talk about it openly um yeah yeah gross. I mean I just you know it, what what a hypocrite first of all yeah um to even 
to even go there. And, you know, we don't know the reasoning behind his statements or, you know, why he felt it was okay to even Mm -hmm. go there. I guess, you know, that blue brotherhood represents some level of, um, protection, right? Yeah. Like invisibility, I guess, if you want, um, to say that he didn't think would get out, but you know, everything comes to the light when you do shady shit in the dark, it does come around Mm -hmm. eventually. Um, and so, you know, I'm glad that we have found out this and that this person is in the process of being investigated, hopefully removed from Mm -hmm. this post. Um, but yeah, it really made me wonder, you know, who makes the decisions on who are, is put in these high level positions, Mm -hmm. you know, how do you get there? Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I don't want to generalize about like every, you know, like I'm sure there's some people who got into police work because they wanted to, you know, make a difference in their own community and whatever. But, um, you know, there's obviously a history as we talked about on the show, um, as it's really hard to ignore these days, if you're paying any attention to the news of, um, gross violence, gross abuse, like from police officers. And I've had this conversation with some people too. And it's sort of like, Okay, so in like in the 70s, like the divorce rate for cops was some like crazy high number, like 75% or something crazy. And just like, you know, implying a lot of abuse and domestic abuse and things like that. And it's sort of like, you know, like the job, yeah, adds a lot of stress. But like, if you're the type of person who's self-selecting to be someone with the ability to physically overpower other people, um, to have that sort of power and the ability to abuse that power, like, you know are you more likely to be that person who wants that to be able to do that in the first place? Right. Is it self-selecting or is it like, um, does the stress of the job, you know, cycle back? So, which I don't, I'm not trying to say that this guy posting on the message board, um, is like, Oh, the stress of the job made him write that. That's like, not what I'm trying to say. I think that there's, there's a lot of people who choose to be police officers because they want power and control in is kind of what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it, it just, you know, I think that this year and just everything that we've been dealing with has really made us start to unravel, you know, these like these knots mm-hmm. of power in our society that we haven't really thought about or even, you know, knew were there. Mm-hmm. We, you know, who knows that this even division is here unless you absolutely need to use the services mm-hmm. that they provide, right? Um, but ultimately we are conscious about the decisions that we make. I mean, we're, we're humans. We have a brain. We have an ability to, um, to make decisions and actually be conscious of our positioning mm-hmm. in society. So to me, the biggest thing about this story is like, you knew what you were doing <laughs> was some shady shit. You knew um, the role that you were, were asked to uphold and that you had been given. Um, just, you know, what, what, what kind of power do you think you had to be able to act in this way and not think that somebody was going to find this shit out, you know, like, come on, like no man can have that much power. So listen, the walls is tumbling down. Okay. The chickens is coming on the roof. You're absolutely right. But, Um, and it's sort of like, that goes with that same like delusion of power sort of thing. Right. Like you, you feel like you're untouchable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely Mm -hmm. not for this, um, hideous man, Mm -hmm. Mr. Coble. And I hope that, you know, whoever is appointed to make decisions about this story and how it unfolds, uh, you know, the next person that would hold that, that seat would be more conscientious Mm -hmm. about the people that they serve. All righty. Well, there's my soapbox for local news for today. (laughs) 
we're gonna go ahead and jump into our next musical break um this is a really dope jazz track i've been having a really fun time like bringing these jazz tracks to y'all um and searching for them it's been really cool it's by an artist named ibrahim malouf he is a contemporary jazz artist with lebanese roots and he is widely regarded as one of the most gifted trumpet players of his generation i am a past trumpet player i don't know if anybody knows that very but I cool like i did not years. know I that i know yeah i was love like, that for you <laughs> which is probably why i'm like obsessed with music but nonetheless uh this is a really dope track and it features another great musician a bassist by the name of marcus miller it's called harlem the duo version we'll be right back Thank you. 
back to Objection to the Rule, uh, your Sunday morning or afternoon news hour on Radio Free Brooklyn. So I am also on the docket this week for world news. So we're going to hop over to Poland. Um, information from for this story was uh, drawn from a website, uh, upi.com. And late in October, a decision by the Constitutional Tribunal found abortions due to fetal defects unconstitutional, a ruling that makes nearly every instance when the medical procedure is performed illegal. Abortions are still permissible there if the mother's life or health is in jeopardy or if the fetus is a result of rape or incest. However, uh, the decision has not been published and did not take effect on the following Monday after they made it. Um, because Polish people protested in nearly every city against the decision. And also they protested the government and its supporters in the Roman Catholic church. So tens of thousands of women in outrage have taken to the streets to protest the court's decision, accumulating in more than a hundred thousand people marching through the capital of Warsaw on Friday. And what is believed to be the largest demonstration in Poland since the fall of the Soviet union. Uh, Amnesty International chastised the court's ruling after it passed a violation of Poland's obligations to the International Human Rights Treaties, described in a continuation of a a coordinated systemic wave of attacks on women's human rights by Polish lawmakers. Leah Hector Uh, who was a regional director for Amnesty International Center for Reproductive Rights in Europe, made this statement, quote, legal legal prohibition of abortion do not prevent abortions or reduce the rates of abortion. They serve only to damage women's health by pushing abortion underground or forcing women to travel to foreign countries to access abortion care they need and to which they have the right. So Poland's president, Andrzej Duba, also proposed a new law that would loosen the restrictions on abortion to reinstate the right for lethal fetal abnormalities in an effort to simmer the protest. So I don't know if you guys have been following this, but um, people in Poland have been in the streets because they had a really radical law passed in October, uh, which basically outruled abortion of all types. And one thing that was specifically different about this change of the law was that it talked about uh, abortions that are sometime performed for medical procedures. Um, So yeah, this is a a totally different twist on the typical abortion conversation. Uh, Depending on where you stand on this topic, you know, it could be really sensitive. But I do think it's interesting that this law has kind of broken down this conversation to categorize um, abortion for medical to other things, but it's still permissible if the woman's life or health is at jeopardy. So it's really conflictual because it's kind of like oxymoronic saying this is not okay, but this is still okay. Kind of get where I'm coming from, Emily. (laughs) Like it's really weird. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, you know, I think the, I come from a place where I think, you know, I don't think any woman should have to carry a child that she doesn't want period. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's, it's you, when they start breaking it down, like piece by piece like that, I think the argument really does start to sort of fall apart. Cause it's like, okay, but like, you know, it might not be my physical health. But what about my mental health? Right. Like why, you know, like I, I don't want this, you know, it's just like, yeah. Yeah. It's just sort of fucked up. Um, what's, what's really cool about those protests is, is I don't think this is the first time this has happened. I like, I have a memory of, I think it was Poland, but it might've been another Eastern European country where like there was an abortion law 
on the docket or something. And maybe it was a, maybe it was a previous attempt in Poland, but um, so many women came out to protest that the lawmakers were forced to pull back because of the economic effects of the women not going to work, which is really cool. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I don't know when I was looking up this story, I know I definitely have seen a lot of information this week on social media about people protesting this um, and just kind of understanding that, you know, I wanted to break it down. Cause this is like I said, not the traditional conversation mm-hmm. um, about abortion, but right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just really confusing as well. And they may have just pulled the trigger too quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Like you can never pull the trigger at all on this. You know, I'm mm-hmm. definitely uh, pro-choice as well. However, mm-hmm. I do feel that, you know, um, the breaking down of this law really, really just puts the medical professionals who mm-hmm. um, who provide this care in a really weird place, right? Mm-hmm. It puts them in this sort of... Um, not not to make a judgment call but you know it's talking about defects fetal defects right. so what like if i was a physician within that realm i would wonder what i would tell someone about what's right. happening to their child based on how i felt about this right well i mean and a fetal defect could mean that like I mean, I, I haven't looked at the law. I could mean anything, but it sometimes means that the baby cannot survive on its own. So like you force a woman to carry a fetus for nine months that is just going to die sometimes if I haven't read all if there's like if they the specifics of that but that's what that could possibly mean which is so fucked up <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. so uh well I'm sure we'll come back to this story um as yeah. the tide changes because now you know they're pulling back things of the law but mm-hmm. um yeah more to come more to come on that story yeah and uh finally you know we gotta have Emily bring the good Ooh. news yes <laughs> And I have quite a bit of good news. I'm not even sure. You're like Linda the Good Witch. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. I love it. So so I started writing this list before we knew that Biden won. I I might have even started writing it when Trump was still ahead. Just like, oh, God. But... um, You know, because this week has been like a a literal, metaphorical, emotional roller coaster. Um, And uh, we might be in for a legal battle. It's looking less likely that Trump has any like actual legal standing. But um, what I wanted to highlight was not just like the collective like focus that we've all been in, which is obviously the Biden win, but all these amazing local successes and wins and like barrier breaking things that happen on like a smaller level nationwide. it's the list is really incredible. Like it, it took me a long time to put it together. It was just say just goes just goes to say how much there is. Um, a lot of lots of wins for women, members of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, Vox public Vox Vox published an article with the title "The Number of Trans State Lawmakers Nearly Doubled Tuesday Night." Um, so the following list comes from a ton of resources, including a lot of congratulatory Instagram posts. Um, the New York Times said, quote, a record number of women will serve in the 117th U.S. Congress, um, at least 131, up from 127 in 2019. Um, that's still less than a quarter of the total members of Congress, but still progress. Um, Nevada became the first state to recognize gay marriage in a state constitution. Uh, mm. New Jersey, woohoo, um, know, Arizona, right? Montana and South Dakota all voted to legalize recreational marijuana. 
Um, I was on Blavity. Yeah. Uh, Washington Post reported that Oregon Oregon voted to decriminalize possession of hard of like all, all hard drugs, um, which is really cool. And a tweet by someone named Emily D. Warfield sums up another reason why it's cool, not just in and of itself. Quote, any drug policy win is also a big win for sex workers, not just because of the overlap in drug users and sex workers, but because it indicates the public is willing to rethink criminal punishment as a solution to economic and social problems. Awesome. Uh, Oregon also passed an amendment to impose campaign finance limits, which is awesome, and we need more of that. Um, That's from Ballotpedia. Um, Time Time reported, quote, in Colorado, voters rejected an initiative that would have banned abortions at 22 weeks of pregnancy, which is relevant to what we were just talking about. Um, Blavity reported that Colorado also approved a measure that creates a paid family leave program. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Um, ACLU and uh, the Twitter account for, um, well, I'm about to say what it is, but their Twitter account. So Boulder, Colorado passed a measure called No Eviction Without Representation that, quote, ensures the right of Boulder residents, uh, renters to a fair trial in court. Um, and it's the seventh jurisdiction to win this right. So essentially like you can't be evicted without a full trial with like, I think representation provided, which is awesome. Um, cause housing is a right. Um, it's like a human right. Yes, Utah passed. Yes. <laughs> I'm so tired. My words are slipping everywhere. Um, but okay. Utah passed a measure that abolishes prison slavery, which is, um, AKA involuntary quote, involuntary servitude as a punishment for a crime. Woohoo, which is New York Times and also abolish slavery, Utah.com. Wow. Uh, yeah. Nebraskans also uh, voted to abolish um, slavery as criminal punishment as well, but 32% of the population voted to keep it, which is a little not great, um, but they also got rid of it too. The law still passed to get rid of it. Um, the ACLU reported that Nebraskans also voted to pass a measure that, quote, aims to stop predatory payday lending by capping interest rates at 36% annual percentage rate, or APT. Previously, payday lenders in Nebraska charged an average of over 400%. Damn. Uh, oh, APR, not APT. <laughs> yeah. So now it's 36%. It was up to wow. four, over around 400%. So that's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, ACLU's Twitter reported that Quote, in three key sheriff races, Charleston, South Carolina, Cobb, and Gwinnett counties in Georgia, voters supported holding the police accountable, promoting racial justice, and ending local collaboration with ICE. Yes, yes. yes. Come on, come on. L.A. Times. For the first time, quote, L.A. County makes histo- history with all female board of supervisors, an institution that is 150 years old. Uh, oh. Floridians voted to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour. That's okay. from Blavity. Yeah. Forbes reported that Arizona approved a tax hike on high earners and the estimated $1 billion in revenue is earmarked for quote, teacher and staff salaries, career and technical programs and teachers college. Uh, yeah. New York times reported that Nevada voters passed a measure requiring utilities to get 50% of their energy from renewable resources by 2030. Okay. Um, Blavity in the Hill reported that uh, Californians voted to restore voting rights to formerly incarcerated people on parole, a measure that was backed by Kamala, who's the senator from California still. Who's now the Black VP. (laughs) Awesome. Um, 
So another cool thing about the election time reported that quote, more Americans voted in 2020 and voted by mail than in any other election in U S history. Uh, according to the Washington, yes. According to the Washington post, I think as of yesterday, um, a 66.4% of the voting eligible population is projected to have voted in this election. The last presidential election that came close to that percentage was 65.7% in 1908. Wow. It has not been that high percentage since over a hundred years ago. And the population has grown so much since then, since then too. That's pretty incredible. That's a great um, place. That's a great yeah. place right there for us to awesome. kind of wrap it up. Cause I think that that is like, that's, that's the moment. That's the moment of the, that's the era of the moment right now. Right. I know it is. It, it is. Though. Y'all did it. We did it. We um, did it. I have, we did it. I have, um, I have a couple, well, I have more, but I'm going to keep it brief, um, of just like highlighting people who won their races, specific names, um, who are making, um, big waves. So uh, part of the good news. Um, well, first of all, Emily Gallagher, who was a former guest on the show officially yeah. won her race to represent the 50th assembly district in New York state. She was running for her primary race when we had her on. Um, Cori Bush became Missouri's first black congresswoman, winning her race for the U.S. House of Representatives with 78.9% of the vote. She'll be the first Black Lives Matter activist in Congress, Fortune and NBC News reports. Um, She also tweeted about being the first nurse to go to Congress from Missouri and how important that is in a pandemic. Yeah, which is awesome. Um, Sarah McBride will join Delaware State Senate, making her the first trans state senator in the nation. Woo! Yeah. Um, let's see in New York, Richie Torres, Torres and Mondaire Jones represent New York in the U S house of representatives simultaneously becoming quote, the first openly gay black men to serve in Congress reported by fortune. And Torres will also be the first Afro Latina congressperson. Wow. I know. Um, let's see, let's see. Um, Michelle Rayner Goolsby won her race for Florida's State House of Representatives, becoming, as she wrote in a tweet, quote, the first openly black queer woman ever elected in Florida at any level. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, Florida went for Trump, but like, you know, there was some wins there. Um, like also like Chevron Jones will be the first openly LGBTQ lawmaker in Florida State Senate. Um, and Daniela Levine Cava will be the first woman to serve as mayor of Miami-Dade County. And there's more, but I think, oh, of course, you know, the squad all won yes, the election. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's, you know, that's another great one. Um, oh, uh, this, okay, I'm going to go out on this one because it's really good. Charmaine McGuffey was elected the sheriff of Hamilton County, Ohio, beating, quote, her ex-boss, whom she says fired her because she's a lesbian. And guess Super. where I'm from? I'm oh, from Cincinnati. Right. I grew up Ooh. in Hamilton County. Ah, I didn't realize. <laughs> yes, girl. Um, yeah. Oh my God. So there you go. That's Thank a you. perfect place for us to end. Um, I also got that quote from People Magazine too. But oh That's my God, I didn't. I didn't even realize. I knew you're from Ohio. I didn't realize it was Hamilton County. Yep, Cincinnati, um, Hamilton County. Ooh. So yeah, that's awesome. I know yes. Ohio did some weird shit in this election, so it was really yeah. good to hear that news. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, that's right. So I also wanted to highlight all these smaller things because some people might still be bummed that you know 70 million people voted for Trump actively. Um, but you know, grassroots things are happening everywhere across the nation. Um, cool stuff. Cool. Awesome. 
Thank you, Emily. That yeah. was awesome. Good news. Yes. So folks, that's it for this week's objection to the rule. Thank you so much for listening. You can catch all of our older episodes on RadioFreeBrooklyn.org, on the Radio Free Brooklyn app, or on Spotify. Uh, listen up for more independent Brooklyn media. Our final selection today comes from the hip hop legend Busta Rhymes, who just released a new album called Extinction Level Event 2. This song is dedicated to everyone in this country who voted, worked the polls, spread the word, and advocated for all of us to bring a much needed shift to this atmosphere. We did it. Now the real work begins. This track is called You. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bitch, I had to bust a you. Came right back to get that loot. No, I had to finish what I started. No, it ain't too late to turn around, is it? Bitch, I had to bust a you. Came right back to get that loot. No, I had to finish when I started. No, it ain't too late to turn around. Turn around. Running up, up the numbers on the cash chase. Stretching out of the work just like elastic. Fucking with one of the bitches with a bankroll. Know her ass is fake as her eyelashes. Stepping out the to be my dirty bands on. Passing up on the office, I don't need dope. Long as I am a legend in my hometown. Respect is why I did it from the ego. Yeah, no, I can't wait today. I can't wait today. Thought I lost it all like everything. Bitch, like everything. Came back from my bag, I'm back to play. But don't play with me. I can turn it all around today. I ain't never late, never late. I can't wait today. I can't wait today. Bitch, I need my bed like yesterday. Bitch, like yesterday. Give a fuck about your plug. Y'all know be the plug connector.